Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this episode of Real Live Talk. My name is Duke Lamastra. I'm your host, and I'm pumped that you're here to check out this conversation with my new friend, Heather Carter. Heather had a battle with leukemia a few years ago that started her on a journey of writing, and she began this process of writing from this really honest place of talking about her own struggles. And she writes a lot about what she refers to as plagues of the soul, including things like fear, the need to be in control, anxiety, ego, resentment, doubt, comparison, jealousy, all these kinds of things that I'm sure you've never dealt with in your life. Of course, I'm being facetious. We all, we've all dealt with these things. We all deal with these things on one level or another. And uh, that's a lot about what this conversation centered around. I believe that Heather has a beautiful message of hope. You can check out her uh, her newest book, Soul Selfie, hashtag no filter on Amazon.com or on her website, HeatherCarterWrites.com. And uh, I hope you'll do that. And uh, again, appreciate you for being here. I hope this conversation blesses you or challenges you in some way. If it does, if you consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, that would really mean the world to me. Thanks again for being here. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Heather Carter. Heather, so awesome <laughs> to, to see you, to have you with me. And uh, this is going to be our second conversation ever and our mm -hmm. first conversation was was awesome and i'm excited about what you're doing and to get into uh your books and just so many different things about you and your story and just the message of hope that you have for people mm -hmm. so yeah thanks so much for being here you're welcome i'm so honored to be able to spend some time with you today so yeah i'm an open book and you know for better or for worse <laughs> so ask me what you want and uh we'll just see where god takes us Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's jump into it. Um, I do just, I would love if you could just uh, to start off here, just share a little bit about yourself and what you do. Um, yeah, that's kind of a big question. So you might be sorry <laughs> to ask that question. Um, <laughs> let's start with what you do currently, and then we'll get into the backstory yeah. and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Good. Okay. That's good parameters for me. Uh, so I am uh currently living in springfield illinois i'm originally from the west coast and migrated this way for my husband uh, i followed my husband my high school sweetheart to school in ozark at ozark christian college in joplin missouri and then he came to springfield we moved here so he could go to lincoln christian seminary for his master's mm -hmm. and we intended to go on to chicago for his doctorate and then move back to california and here we are in Springfield, Illinois still. He started working at a great church called Hope Church and um, was the pastor there, the teaching pastor for 20 years. And uh, so in the past 10 years or so, he transitioned into um, kind of the corporate world. So he does that now. And then I am a realtor, which I love doing most of the time, except right now in these, I've lost like four or five deals this last week because of multiple offers, 10 offers on every house. and. Wow. offering wow. like your firstborn child and all kinds of things to try to get a deal done. So it's a little bit frustrating, but um, mm. the nice thing about it is that it allows me to do this kind of thing whenever I want. Uh, I don't have to ask permission to get off work. I don't have to, um, I, I can control my schedule when I want to go on vacation. I can just go. And sometimes I sell houses while I'm out of town, which is awesome. So anyway, it's just been a, a really good fit for what I'm doing now. I'm really trying to focus a few days a week on that and then walk out Tuesdays and Thursdays to really focus on my book and podcasts and different things like that. That's so cool. That's so cool. Do you ever, and uh, I, I don't want to get off topic with this. I'm, I'm just curious. Um, so I'm going to ask you and then we can kind of move on from it quickly so we don't mm -hmm. waste too much time. But do you ever, um, with like what you do with real estate and then even now, like with your writing and uh, just a lot of these sort of entrepreneurial things that you do that you're involved in, um, and just sort of like that, that mindset of kind of being your own boss and being, being mm -hmm. in charge of what you do and your life, your schedule, <laughs> all that, is that something, have you done any kind of, um, like mentoring with anybody else about kind of you know, getting into that kind of thing. Uh, just curious, like, is that something that you've gotten into at all? Uh, yes, I need a whole like team of people really, <laughs> because uh, I, I'm a kind of, I'm the kind of person who thrives on a schedule, but I really hate schedules at the same time. So I am kind of like a, 
if someone gives me the opportunity to go to the lake today, I'd probably just be like, yeah, see it all the things I've planned. Like I like to have fun too. So I really having no structure um, is fun for me, but it also makes me get nothing done. So the, the mentoring thing has been huge. I recently, I'd been on several podcasts with um, a few different men and they would talk about how they had these calls once a week with each other and kind of sharpened each other in their faith and their physical world and stuff. And I was really jealous because I thought I want to do that, but I know I can't really get on your call. So he connected me with some other women that I did some Zoom calls with. And by the end of that, two of them, one of them, both of them are authors um, and are just strong Christian women. And so we now meet every Tuesday morning on a Zoom call and just for a half hour and um, talk things out and encourage each other, help each other keep going. And so that's been really important. And then another woman um, I met through, again, through a just connections. Um, she, her name is Peggy Bodie. She does oh, yeah. mentoring. Yeah, she does mentoring for women in ministry. And so I had a call with her just to help her have her help me kind of hone what I'm doing. Cause right now, especially I feel like I'm just all over the place. I say yes to everything because I'm not Oprah, you know, just like, if you want me on your podcast, I'll talk to you. So, um, I kind of all over the place, but I love doing it. And I just like to talk to people and get that message of hope. And you're not alone in your struggles out there to as many people as possible. I don't really have a target audience other than if you have a soul and you care about it and you're working through anything, then you're my target audience. So it makes it hard to say no to really any opportunity for me. I see. I see. <laughs> have you <laughs> follow up question? Have you ever ended up on a podcast where you were like, what am I doing here? Because it was oh like, because you just said yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, you have no idea. It's so, it's actually quite hilarious. Cause we won't and my names, friends, but yeah. yeah, my friends who knew I was getting on them, they're like, what are you doing on that <laughs> podcast? You have no business. I'm like, yeah, but they all have souls. So eventually we're going to get to the root of it. But when I first, my book first came out in November, the soul selfie hashtag no filter is my second book. And I got, I hired a publicist to get me some interviews. And he's basically said, well, you know, you're not Oprah, but, and you're not that famous. So <laughs> we'll get you on as much as we can. But then Facebook shut down for the day and everybody freaked that. out. And I was my supposed to be doing a podcast right when that happened. And yeah. We ended up getting delayed. Yeah. So yeah. since everybody was talking about that and kind of like their mental health was threatened, some of these people, um, mm. I, since I have a book called soul selfie, it kind of lent itself to him kind of couching these pitches in like, you know, author Heather Carter talks about social media and I don't even know what he said, but something, it got me on a lot of podcasts to talk about Facebook. Like I was an expert and, um, so I got on some, pol some political <laughs> shows which is like, I barely know who the president is. It's That's bad. So, so for me to be on any kind of a, any kind of a political show is like in, got international incident written all over it, you know? So <laughs> I, I just, I read through the questions to my friends. They're like, Oh my gosh, you're just, you're going down. That's going to be terrible. I'm like, you're I can do down. this. I can do this. So basically it was just an hour of pivoting and pivoting. And they would say, don't you think Facebook is this? And I'd say, well, you know, you know, Doug or whatever <laughs> his name was. Um, I think the real root of it comes back to that. We're finding our identity in the wrong mm. places. And in my book, soul selfie, you know, I just kind of kept trying to turn it back just to that. Pivoting. So it was, yeah. I was sweating through the whole thing, but it was, it was pretty funny. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so I don't funny. know if I ever put it on anywhere or not. I haven't ever even tried because I don't really want to put the whole Look, show out there. Scratch that one. Well, hopefully yeah. they did. Uh, hopefully yeah. they put it out there. Yeah, I hope so too because, you know, it's a different perspective than just let's just all complain and attack. You know, it's trying yeah. to bring some hope and light to the situation. Yeah, so. absolutely. Have you ever considered doing a podcast of your own or have you done any podcasting of mm -hmm. your own? 
Um, I've done a few interviews with people and it's called, they're on YouTube. It's called soul selfie story mm -hmm. series. And so I just interview different readers about their favorite post because all my book is a collection of blog posts. So I introduce them and how we know each other. And then they tell kind of a specific post that might've been helpful to them in their life. I'm thinking about turning that into a more regular podcast. Um, but I'm getting ready to launch one probably next month um, with yes. Bruce Holger called, Can I Have a Word With You? I'm so excited about it. That's and awesome. we're just going to talk about one word um, for like 15 minutes. And okay. uh, I think it'll be good. Words like, I think the few we've done so far, words like contentment or community. We did a bunch of C words for some reason, um, and comparison. And so those we're starting with those, but I'm looking forward to that. Love that. Are, are those going to be once a week or how are you doing that? I think for now, once a week. Yeah. He's kind of like more famous than me. So he's, he's more popular and he's running all over the place doing, he's done a Ted talk, you know, so he's kind of in this upper, you know, out of my league for sure. So it's more yeah. about like tracking him down to do the stories and um, that kind of thing. So I'm just glad he still wants to talk to me for 15 minutes and let us hash those kinds of things out. So it'll be good, I think. No, that's great. That's really good. That's really good. Even just as I was uh, getting into your book and the little bit that I've spoken with you on the phone and um, just the way your accessibility um, that, that you write with and the way that you do just kind of let people into your life. And even as you started off this podcast, like I'm an open book, you know, I think your personality lends itself um, to 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 be a, a person who I, I just think you'd be a, a great, you know, podcast host. And I love this medium. I, I love podcasting as a medium for getting content out. I love the, whether it's like an interview format or just somebody talking or whatever, but I just think it opens up good dialogue and good space for learning. And mm -hmm. so when I meet somebody like you, that's always one of my questions, like, have you thought about podcasting? Which I'm, I'm so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm super, I'm, I'm pumped that that's, that that's happening. Yeah. It's really cool. My biggest, my biggest uh, hang up really is maybe we can talk after is like the whole learning curve of even getting on a zoom call for me. You know, I did, when I did those interviews, I did live interviews. I did some TV interviews, which was terrifying. Um, one so of the funny. ones I did, I got on there. I didn't know I was going to be on live TV. So I'm in my living room and I pop on and there's this girl on there. She looks like she's on the today show. She's in like a suit and on a stool and, then there's the a, and, yeah, and there's a TV screen behind her and I'm on it. I'm just like, keep looking at the little camera. Just look at the camera. Don't freak out. You know, just that was, I didn't ever see if I don't ever really watch to see if they come up afterwards. Cause I'm afraid if I watch myself, I'll probably just never do it again. It's kind of terrifying. Um, but just the, the technology of it all is yeah. um, sometimes overwhelming to me. So mm. that's the only thing that keeps me from probably doing more is just figuring all this stuff out. So. Yeah. I'm doing so much better, though. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, everything it's like anything else. There's a little bit of a learning curve. But once you once you get it, you'll be totally fine um, as far as the technology and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just depending on where you are. I know for me, when I started, that was one of those things that was a little bit intimidating because I didn't have anything like I, I had to borrow. Like I had yeah. a laptop, but it stopped working. And so <laughs> I had to borrow what did I do? I, I had this, I just remember I was on this like really, really cheap laptop that couldn't really do anything else. Like, you know what I mean? I was just doing audio at the time and I wasn't mm -hmm. doing it live. So I didn't need, you know, anything mm -hmm. fast. Uh, and I had to borrow a microphone and it was just, I was in my closet, you know, recording cause mm -hmm. the clothes around you makes, <laughs> makes for good. At, it, you get that kind of uh good, you know, it just makes for good acoustics and whatever. You know what? Some people I've heard that are actually like fairly, that have fairly large audiences. Um, they'll go like underneath a comforter or like a bed sheet. They'll kind of like create like a literally like create a tent and they'll podcast from their bed. Obviously, if you're doing it with video, you can't do that because it yeah. looks super weird. Okay, I was like, but people that oh. just do audio and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I've, I've seen people that do stuff like that um, because you get good sound that way. 
anyway, uh, I would just say, don't be afraid of the, yeah. you know, if there's humble beginnings or whatever. Um, and I'm sure Bruce, uh, that you're partnering up with has, a, yeah. has a decent handle on things anyway, but I'm definitely available as a resource. If you do okay, have any questions cool. about anything specific. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I, um, I, uh, I, I don't want to, yeah, let's see. We've got, we've got a little bit of time, but let's, uh, there's so much stuff that I'm interested in just talking to you about and hearing about. I've been getting into your book, your latest book. Um, as you, as you said, soul selfie hashtag, no filters, uh, it's available. Well, I got it on Amazon. Um, I downloaded the Kindle version on Amazon, but I know you have a website as well. Do you want to just mm -hmm. um, mention a couple things real quick where people can find your content? Yes. Um, so my website is just heathercarterwrites.com. And my the thing I love about the website is that, um, first of all, my friend helped me turn it into, it used to look like like a kindergartner, kindergartner made it. It was just like, you pull it up, it just looked like someone is like an essay or something. And she's turned it into something really cool. But one of the things I had her do was, um, there's a spot on there where it says, browse by category. And that part, I think, is so helpful. I just keep adding categories because I think if you scroll through those, if you're having a particularly hard day and you're struggling with resentment and forgiveness and anger, you can go to those um, categories and all the blogs I've ever written on those topics will pop up. That's cool. And I use them a lot. That sounds weird. I read my own book a lot because every other day, practically, I forget to practice what I preach. So I think I'm reading my book. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. That's that's what you do, or that's what I believe. Why am I acting like I don't believe this? Or that mm. I'm, why am I so afraid when I just, I know the answers, but sometimes I have to refresh my memory. So I'll go through sometimes and do the same thing and read. All right, Heather, let's get, you know the answers, you've written about this, let's, let's review, so. I think really that's cool. really helpful. And my books are on there. There's some interviews. I'm starting to upload those. That's one of my uh, little hiccups and learning all this technology is getting all my podcasts on there. But um, yeah, it's helpful. And then my books are on there also. But really, you know, secret, you can read all my blogs for free on there. But sometimes it's nice just to have it in a book format, yeah. you know, by your bedside, since it's a kind of a daily reading thing, you've probably noticed. So it's not, I know a lot of people are like, I'm going to get to your book or I'm going to take it on my vacation. I'm like, no, I mean, take it on vacation, but it's not a sit on the beach and read it. It's a, mm. before you go to bed or when you first wake up, grab it, read an entry, underline it. When you finish the book, start over, read it again. Cause it's mm. obviously I am not comparing my book to the Bible, but you know how, when you read the Bible, yeah. sometimes you read a verse and you're like, I don't, doesn't do anything yeah, to yeah. you. And then you read it again and you're like, you're at a different place in your life. And all of a sudden it just means the world to you. And that's what I feel like my book does. It's depending on where you're at. Um, it might hit you different next year when you read that same post. So, yeah, I think that's really cool that you are able to kind of go back to your own stuff and, and read and be encouraged <laughs> and remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I tend to do that too sometimes. And yeah, just to kind of go back because it reminds you of where you are and it reminds mm -hmm. you of what you walked through. It reminds you of what the Lord has kind of led you through, through your own journey of, of healing and, and everything that the Lord has mm -hmm. had you on. Um, so if you, if you would, could you share a little bit about uh, your story and what led you to start writing in the first place? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, I... Um... So what triggered, I guess, my writing career is in 2015, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. And uh, it was one of the things, you know, I didn't really know what leukemia entailed until I got it. One thing I learned is it really means go immediately to the hospital, do not leave there for 30 days. <laughs> and uh, okay. it's a form of cancer, it's a blood cancer. I also didn't put that together with a cancer, but it's a blood cancer. So the only way you can treat it is to do, um, like I think I did maybe a week's worth or more of chemotherapy, 24 hours a day. And then wow. you stay there, it kills everything in your body <laughs> except for yeah. your soul and then you have to recover for the next three weeks in the hospital but when i was in there 
Um, I got a secondary infection because I had a narrowing in my bowel. And so my white blood cell count got so big that it clogged that up. So I remember saying, I look like I'm going to have a baby. Only I said it, I could barely talk because my stomach was so distended and I was 45 years old. That wasn't a possibility. And, um, I ended, woke up a week later in ICU wow. intubated. So, later. um, yeah, so I almost did not make it through that period. Uh, my, they brought my son home from college cause they thought I might die. And, uh, hmm. I ended up, my husband actually is responsible for saving my life. He did some research and said, you know, what about this Nupogen shot? Can't we do, I've read about it. This should boost our immune system. And they said, well, we thought about that, but if there's any leukemia left in her body at all, it could kill her. And we can't do a bone marrow biopsy because basically she's too fat. <laughs> her stomach was too big. They couldn't figure that out somehow. I don't really understand yeah. that. But um, he said, well, how sure are you? They said like 90% sure it's gone. He said, give her the shot. She's going to die if you don't give her the shot anyway. So they did. And then a couple of days later, I woke up. So I always tell him like, all right, dude, you had your chance. Don't, I don't want to hear any whining from you about <laughs> anything. Like you could have yanked it like you're starting a mower, but you didn't. So, mm. um, but wow. at the beginning of that, when I wasn't intubated, we started a blog to update people on the status of my cancer. And cause it was, it was so abrupt. I mean, I got tests at 11 in the morning and by four o'clock they called and told me on the phone that I had leukemia and they had a bed for me at the hospital and I needed to go there immediately. Mm. So by five o'clock I was in the hospital and on the way there, I remember saying like, how long do you think I'm going to be here? And he's like 30 days, like pardon. He said, yep. So, um, yeah, we started this blog post and I really just used it to update people. But after I, I don't know if, I don't think I wrote anything before I was in ICU, but after I got out of ICU, I had to stay there another week. And then I went back in another 40 days after that, over the next few months, every three weeks, I had to go in for six days at a time. So I was in there alone a lot. I would update people myself and I do a lot of daily readings every day because I have self-diagnosed ADD. So I read like Oswald Chambers and Jesus Calling and everything I read is just like in a short increment because that's all my brain can really I see. wrap my head around. So I started just writing things, reflections on what was happening around me and other people seemed to be encouraged. And so like if in my first book, um, this is my first book, which I love because if you see on there, there's all these pictures, those are all oh, cool. selfies of my doctor and nurses and friends and family during my cancer journey. And, uh, I, my first entry is March 29th. That's in my book. And I was diagnosed with cancer on February 6th. Okay. And I got out of the hospital March 1st. Um, so my first one, I guess my point is really, is that you don't need to wait till you're not sick with well, whatever well. you're sick with to start helping people and encouraging people because we're all sick with something at any given time. You know, I write about common plagues of the heart or the diseases of the soul, like resentment, worry, fear, control, um, comparison, image management, and all that stuff. And we all have it all the time. But you don't have to wait to get perfect to start helping other people, you know? Yeah, come on. So, did you have a, did you th have any thoughts about writing? like this before yeah. you went into that situation mm -hmm. where you were in the hospital and battling leukemia? Um, no, that's what's, that's really a cool God component to this is that I never wrote one thing that anyone would want to read. You know, I journaled my whole life, but most of my journals, and you're probably familiar with this, every journal entry starts with an apology to God for not having written for like Dear a week. diary, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I haven't apologize been. to God for not, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I finally God gave Christian. that up because I'm like, this is just making me feel guilty and that's not what yeah. God wants. Um, so no, I didn't. And so it's a miracle really that, um, that anything I've written is something people would read. The other cool thing is, is that the way I write is very specific. I have this little um, 
my little iPad here. My mom bought me this iPad when I got in the hospital. And then my friend bought me this uh, where is it? keypad. Uh -huh. So everything I write, I do on this little iPad. And let's see, there's a picture of me. You can kind of see me with no hair in this picture. Wait, where is my there? There you go. My bald head there. <laughs> um, but I sit and I usually do my readings and I, or I have something that's been rolling around in my head. My, I have blog brain. So I always am looking around. I think we talked about, I kind of view my post as like Seinfeld episode. Like it's a show about nothing, but also about everything. So mm -hmm. everything I see, everything I do, I could write a blog about it. My brain just goes that way. So I just sit and write it with no real idea of what direction I'm going, except for a few nuggets. And then in 45 minutes, I'm done. And then I edit it real quick for grammar or spelling and I post it. I don't, if it doesn't happen within 45 minutes, it ain't happening. Yeah. I have to go back later that day. It's not going to flow. So it is all done just sitting on my couch. Usually my couch in my living room is where I write. And um, uh, at what point did you know that, this was going to be a book because I think your mm -hmm. first book, Soul Selfie, it's uh, the first 110, 120, something like that mm -hmm. of your of your blog, your first blog mm -hmm. posts. Um, were you had you already written all those? And then it was like a mm -hmm. thought that came later, like I should put this into a book or, or mm -hmm. was it somewhere in the middle? When, when did that sort of transition happen in your mind? Um, yeah, I wrote all of them were written over a period of time. If I had to write like a whole book, the way people write a regular book that would never ever happen. So that's why I can write one thing and then post it. And then, you know, a few days later, I'll write another one. I wrote a lot more regularly when I was sick, obviously, because I was in the hospital so much of the time sure. I had, I'd write two or three times a week. Now I probably write, I try to write once a week. So there's still another 50 or 60 posts that are not in a book that are on my mm -hmm. site. Um, but probably the thing that triggered it, I was kind of toying with the idea. And then a friend of mine, Ron Bircher, who um, passed away this last year from cancer, he, but he was 80 years old at the time or, or more. And he is like, uh, he's been a Christian for a long time, very wise, mature, spiritual man. And he is the one that connected me with an editor of his son was an author. And he said, I have this editor. I think you should put your stuff in a book. And he would always read my posts, but he couldn't really access social media. So he would have his secretary print it off and like put it on his desk. Okay. So, you know, that's why I also think about your target audience. Like, yeah, I speak to women a lot, but also the person who inspired me to do this was an 80 year old man who read it every time I wrote. So I think it's pretty, crosses over, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, so, something that you write a lot about are diseases of the soul. And you mentioned some mm -hmm. of those like fear, worry, mm -hmm. anxiety, um, you know, that need that desire that that feeling of that need to be in control, comparing mm -hmm. yourself to other people, you know, all these different things that I, that as you said, on some level, I, I think everybody battles with how how much of that I'm, I'm just curious like what was your journey like with some of those things all those things I don't know but like as you were in the hospital and as you were you know going through you know getting that initial diagnosis of leukemia and all the just craziness and confusion and just sort of that initial storm that you were in and walking through that you know of course having a husband and having kids and you know not knowing what the future was going to hold what was that like for you in terms of, you know, the, the, any kind of fear that came with that, um, or, you know, just that uncertainty, what, what was that like for you kind of walking through that process? Um, you know, I don't think when I first started writing, I intended it to have any topics to it or anything. They just started writing and then <clears throat> a little bit in, like I said, I'm kind of technologically challenged a few blogs in, I'm like, Hey, there's these category options over here. You know, maybe I will, put them in there. But I realized there was a strong pattern of the same kinds of signature sins that I battle that kept popping up with control. It was funny, actually, in my second book, I had my husband read it to help me edit. And he was, I, he finished. And he's like, 
I said, how, how was it? He's like, it's fine. And I'm, I'm like, why are you looking at me like that? He said, I didn't realize you have a real problem with control. It's like pretty serious. Well, <laughs> it's like every other post is about being control and giving up control, letting it go, letting it go. And so um, I'm like, yeah, I know, but I don't think I'm the only one. So I'm going to keep writing about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, those the things. Is, the, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. The difference is yeah. that you're honest about it. Uh, yeah. and, and that you write about it from a perspective of, hey, guys, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm battling with. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm going through in my journey. And, and uh, you know, I hope that it helps you. And, yeah. and I just I think that that's a really interesting and um, unique thing that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people would talk about those things. And I think what you can what I think what often happens is that we tend to talk a lot about the things that we struggle with the most. Um, and it's like the things that we kind of, um, the things that we kind of battle with and we want to talk about those things because we want to encourage other people. It's like, we know so much about them, but at the same time, it's, if there's like a still an ongoing struggle there, I think that oftentimes those are the things that we tend to talk about a lot. And I just think it's very cool and refreshing that you um, do share the way that you share in that, again, just kind of in that way that's accessible and letting people into your situation and kind of seeing uh, just kind of through your eyes, you know, and uh, you just being open and honest about your your struggles and the fact that, hey, look, I've got to depend on God for every moment of my life, you know, and uh, and, and yes. I'm in that boat with you. It's it's, yes. uh, it's refreshing. Well, I appreciate that. I wasn't always that way. So that's why. I think um, especially my friends now see me in a different way that I is refreshing to them also um, for uh, 20 years. I was a pastor's wife and I feel like I was. I didn't definitely didn't try to act like I had it 100 percent together, maybe like 75 percent together. And so a lot of my sharing at that juncture was based on, oh, well, you know, a month ago, I was really struggling with this. And so I did A, B, and C, and now I'm all better. Ta-da, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what I did, and here I am. I'm all better now. And that, no one really cared. <laughs> no one wanted to hear mm. that. And it made it intimidating, I think, to my friends as well, because I wasn't real open with my real struggles, because I felt like I had to be this Christian example as a pastor's wife, so they should never know that I wanted to run that girl over with my car today when I saw her. Um, so today, well, actually one of the things I did that happened in the hospital is I really sense God saying to me, Heather, you are a full-time job and you got some things to work on. So let's just flip that camera back around that's and take a selfie of your own soul. Let's work on that. And then you can use things you learn and your brokenness to share that with other people and encourage them. Um, you know, you go through what you go through to help others get through what you went through. And so now I try to remind myself that I, I write in the messy. So when I go to school and see that girl, like I'm using this example because I really did almost want to just run this person over. There is a really mean person that um, went to my kid's school and had done wrong by me and my family in many ways. And so, you know, I would drop my kids off and I'm just like, there she is. I could just, <laughs> just accidentally, I would not run over big, just like, you know, her toe or something. So like I would go home and write about that. Like today I felt this mad and this mm. hurt and it's not over. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I write about resentment and forgiveness a lot because you have to take people off the hook every single day and maybe sometimes then eventually maybe you only have to do it once a week and that's the progress i'm never gonna probably get to the end of it all but there's definitely i'm making progress you know just like they say progress not perfection and everything so i when i start to believe the lie that i have nothing to say this week because i um i've been you know, in my mind, I've been behaving badly in some way, or I haven't been trusting God, or I've been uh, whatever that I realize, oh man, I better start writing because mm. this is what I'm supposed to write about. Yeah. People want to know that I'm struggling today. They don't want me to wait till I'm got it together. That's yeah. why they yeah. read up my book. So 
Yeah. That's hard yeah. to remember because we I feel like not worthy to write. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm I'm really worthy today to write about how I messed up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool perspective. You mentioned in your in your book, I remember reading um, that you were saying that when you started writing um, while you were battling leukemia, that it was basically it was a cathartic you know, thing for you to do is this cathartic experience for you to write. I think that that's true for for a lot of writers, especially in the early stages. Would you say today it's the same kind of thing or has that evolved? Or what would you say that writing does for you today on a personal level? You know, beyond, you know, I know that you want to bless others and you want to do all mm -hmm. of that. But on a personal level, what would you say mm -hmm. that the effect that writing has for you today for your own mind? Yes. And that's so important for me to keep reminding myself of because I get busy and I get stressed out. So I don't write. And then eventually I do sit down and write. And when I'm done, I just can feel the stress and tension leaking out of my body. It's like, oh, that's why I was so probably in knots because I hadn't reasoned it out on, I, I have to reason it out through my fingers with God. I don't know why that is, but once I start typing, I get clarity. And if I don't do that, I just get all knotted up. So once I start writing and I'm done, I also have that sense that, you know what? I'm doing a bunch of stuff with my book and a bunch of stuff in real estate. And, but this is what I supposed to be doing. So once I finish writing that, even if I haven't posted it, I'm like, all right, I did what I needed to do today. If I don't do anything else, I'm good. It, it yeah. just heals my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. One of the things uh, that's really interesting to me is that when I'm sitting down to write and I'm writing in my mind, I'm thinking about like, okay, okay, Lord, like let's, let's write this. And I'm thinking about the, the people, right? Like I'm thinking about, I want to write this because I want this to be impactful to people. And uh, and I'll be writing about things that I've experienced and I'll be writing about things that I that I feel like I've I know to an extent that I have some level of just understanding or authority on or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's just really, really interesting to me how the Lord loves us so much that even in that process where we're essentially doing something out of obedience because we you know, we want this to be a blessing to other people that within that, as I'm writing, I'll find that. He's bringing up it's like these things are being illuminated in my mind mm -hmm. um, where I'm seeing a different aspect of something. And so where I, whereas I'll start writing from this place of I know this about God or I know this about myself or I've experienced this or whatever. So often I'll find myself writing in this place where I, I'm kind of like bringing up my own brokenness out mm -hmm. in my writing. And where I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'm not as good at, at this as I thought, or maybe I'm not as perfect as in this as I thought, or maybe there's these other areas that God still wants me to grow in that I haven't yet. And so that's often what writing is, is for me. It's, it's that sort of, it helps to kind of seal things in me that the Lord has been doing. Mm -hmm. And also, it also serves as this tool that I think that God uses to kind of highlight those areas within me that need that need his attention and that for whatever reason I'm, I've got a blind spot to or whatever. So um, I'm always yeah. curious about, you know, what that's like for, for writers, you know, in general. Yeah, I know. And it sounds weird to even say I'm a writer because I don't think of myself as a writer per se, but because it just doesn't, like do I said, you, nothing I ever wanted Heather? to do. Do you write Heather? <laughs> no. Your Apparently I do it. And it's called Write Heather something. Carter Writes dot com. <laughs> then it could be sure. it should be Heather Carter Writes dot 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 and let other people just fill in that link. She writes like crap. <laughs> Heather sure. Carter pretends to be a writer. No, I, I think you can get over that one. I think uh you're 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 a writer. That's just uh, yeah. <laughs> I just try to write like I would talk. And I I didn't ever want to write, but I I have always had these um I, I notice things around me that formulate these stories. But the problem is I would try to tell people this story. And by the time I get to like the punchline of it, they've lost interest. <laughs> so, mm. Because I try to give, I always want to give, set the story up because that part is so important to me. So by the time I set up the whole thing, they're like moving on. They don't want to hear anymore. So the blog gives me a chance to set up that backstory. Because if you read my blogs, you'll notice like there is, you know, a couple, two or three paragraphs of 
the setup and then all of a sudden it lends itself to a lesson of some sort um so i i try to in, in my writing i think encourage people to invite god into the trauma drama and minutiae of everyday life because the trauma of course most people turn to god in trauma drama you know relationship stuff you know i i always hear my friends saying you know you got to get god in there and put when you're having a conversation with someone put put god between you and that other person and just pray that he filters the words that you say so that they hear it the way he needs them to hear it and vice versa things like that that those are the yeah. drama things and then the minutia because 80 percent our day of our day is minutia so some of the stuff i write about is like a seinfeld episode like i have a blog about squirrels because i was offended that these squirrels were playing in the neighbor's yard and they used to play in my yard and <laughs> it's about taking but in that i learned you know you're taking things personal that have nothing to do with you and how much how often do we do that people well, are grouchy well. at us and we take it personal like that's not about you it was about mm. the fight they just had with their spouse before they left their house um in cancer i learned things like treat everyone like they have cancer because i'll tell you what people used to say that like negatively like um oh my gosh they treated me like i had cancer like yeah you want to be treated like you have cancer it's way better people are so much nicer when you have no hair when i used to go to the store people would stop short of like, you know, the grocery store lady would be like, you have a good day and squeeze my hand yeah. and <laughs> wipe a tear from her eye. Aww. And now when I go through, they're like, next, you know, and yeah. next, they don't care. Um, but the reality is we're all sick with something. So wow. everyone wow. around us has probably just left a situation that is hard. People have really hard stuff going on. And if we can not take it personal and just pray for the people that are grouchy because gosh, what's going on that they have to treat a stranger terribly? What happened to you? What is happening to you now? And treat them like they're sick. Maybe we would all get along so much better, you know? So things like that. I just try to give people a different perspective on mm -hmm. the everyday grind. That's huge. That that sort of being able to empathize with people and being able to honor people where they are again without knowing their their full situation. So often we can get we can just get so pissed off at somebody while we're in line at the grocery store because they're moving slowly or whatever. Mm -hmm. And who knows? Maybe they're just a slow moving person and maybe they really are out there to try to destroy your whole day. <laughs> probably not though like maybe they've got something going on in their life maybe you know maybe you know what i mean like you never know like who just got a piece of bad news or you know who's afraid that they might lose their job or who's got a family member suffering with cancer or you know they themselves might have something going on physically and you know we just we don't know and i think that if we as we just kind of walk through life we can have a tendency to just kind of steamroll people to blow past people. I, I do remember reading one of your blog posts where you were talking about the importance of being in the moment and like not, not like being with one friend, but thinking about the problem that another friend of yours is dealing with. Not that that's any mm -hmm. less important, but because right. of the moment that you're in right now, being able to focus on where you are. And uh, I've been talking about this a lot lately. It just comes up a lot. It's something that I'm trying to get better at is just being being present with people in my life, whether they're people that are, whether I'm talking about my kids, my wife, my friends, or people that I don't even know, but I get like the opportunity to interact with them for 30 seconds in the store mm -hmm. or two minutes or five minutes or whatever. And, you know, just kind of making time for people and, and allowing people to feel just like doing whatever you can to even going out of your way a little bit to dignify a person who's in front of you. Um, mm. Again, it's when it's so easy to just blow past people and go on to the next thing. And, yeah. um, you know, I think if we could all learn to live that way um, and to recognize that like none of these other people have it all together and they've all got issues in their lives of what as well. And so, you know, maybe that's why that person was a jerk to me because they, you know, they're just battling their own stuff right now. And mm. so maybe I should be a little bit more, concerned about the individual than about how they made me feel you know right yeah 
we always I have a phrase that we use a lot as that I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. Like even <laughs> though we're just so ego centered, you know, and wow, I call really that ed edging God out. You know, you're just it's all about me. Even though I don't like myself most of the time, I still think about myself all the time. <laughs> and we think everyone else is thinking about us and everything's wow. about us. I mean, it's just it's a pandemic of that, I would say. Mm. And if we're doing it and we're Christian people trying to spread God's love, shoot, why everyone's going to be worse than that? Because they're not even trying. We're trying. <laughs> we're still just thinking about ourselves all the most yeah. of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Whew. I I, uh, I know we're a little bit up against the clock and we're going to have to um, call this thing to a close here. But I did want to ask you something else uh, that I was just reminded of. Um, I, I read, I read where you were talking about, um, how you've got a, this list of, um, of bad words and one oh. of the words on your list, <laughs> one of the words on your list is, uh, I, I just, I just saw a, a lot in common in this area. Mm. I don't have a list of bad words, but, uh, but you, you talked <laughs> I'll about, I'll send you some if you need some. Yeah. <laughs> what are the bad words? No. So you have this <laughs> word, uh, where you were talking about the word figure. Um, mm. And so that's an F word right there. But you've, yeah. but you've got you've got this word figure and uh, related to figure, you know, figure it out, you know, figuring it out. Mm. That's something mm. that I resonated with so well. It's something that comes up in my life a lot. And and so often we are we're, we're these we're God's kids and he's always there for us. He's with us. He's in us. He's around like he's he's on he's everywhere that we need him to be. And he's everything that we need him to be. But so often I just think that we get into those anxious moments and we just we try so hard to, you know, figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, w would you just share? I know, I know. Again, we're we're out of time here, so I might be shooting you in the foot. Yeah. But just uh, a, a thought or two about about uh, about what that word "figure" means to you. Yeah, well, it really is. Again, it comes back to my signature sins of uh, one of them is control. I mean, that's what it is. Like, I'm going to be in charge of this, and as a realtor, you know, I'm negotiating things all day long. It hurt, makes my head spin. And you know, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. And that's one of the things I go to a, a recovery group for um, family members um, of people who struggle with some with addictions. And um, that's one of the things is we learn all the time is to give it to God and give it to God and give it to God. And when we start saying we got to figure it out, um, it usually means we're trying to get our will in there and not yes. turning it over and uh i definitely err on that like oh i'll just do it until i can't anymore and then i'll then i'll give it to you as opposed yep. to just yep. turning it over and letting him guide me in that process so i don't did you read my other one one of my favorite ones i don't remember what it's called but it's um oh it's called on cussing i haven't gotten to that one yet yeah that's a good one because it basically talks about how i had a woman come to my house when i was a pastor's wife and accuse me of saying that i felt like crap only not saying that and like i'm not a cusser it's i'm i can't use it in this sentence it's if anything it would be like an expletive if i stub my toe or maybe yeah. if i'm on a roller coaster that one is like <laughs> what you say on a roller coaster stays on a roller coaster but um she was accusing me of this and i try to defend yeah. myself because yeah. i'm like i know i didn't say that because that's just not how i talk it's not they're not really judging that those words i'm just saying that's just not how i talk yeah, yeah, yeah so i'm sure that's not that's maybe a rumor but afterwards i was so mad i thought i can't believe i defended that because i thought um you know i i don't believe I, obviously i'm not condoning just be a potty mouth but i also believe that you can say darn it with the same angst Absolutely. as you can say any other word and the only word that god hurts god's heart is when we use his name in vain mm -hmm. and when we use even saying oh my god i don't ever do that like i remember my son when he was a baby i mean he barely could talk and i we wouldn't let him say gosh because it was too close to god and so i walked in his room one time to get him out of his crib and he looked right at me and said i want to say gosh mom <laughs> like he just <laughs> we'd said don't say gosh so much to stay away from using god's name frivolously that he was obsessing about it but i think that you know god using god's name without considering who he is and his power in any way hurts him mm. 
Mm. But none of those other words are hurting God unless our hearts are hurting God. And your words that you say are not causing that. You know, yeah. it starts deep in here. So anyway, I love I love that one just because probably because I've been waiting to say that out loud in some public <laughs> forum because of that person that came to my house and accused me of saying I felt like shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, we've been going to recovery yeah. program for a while, so we've kind of learned a little bit better how to cuss if we need to, but um, we don't use that regularly. We just, you know, it's you got to start deep in here with whatever you say. Yeah. Yeah, you could put a ton of like bad intent behind calling somebody a jerk or something mm-hmm. like that. And then as you said, like you stub your toe and accidentally, you know, like some expletive comes out yeah. and like people will like be all condemned and beat up over that. Yeah. Or someone will like judge you because, oh, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be a Christian. And you said, well, look, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's the best word that I yeah. could come up with. Is yeah. some, you know, I didn't even think about it. It just flew out or, yeah. or whatever. But like that T-shirt they make, it says, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I could relate. Uh, well, Heather, I know I know you got to run um, just in case. I'm pretty sure you said it out loud earlier, but just in case we didn't and anybody is listening to this worried about you, you are cancer free. Yes, I am. Right. Yep. <laughs> I am cancer free um, with leukemia. This is going to sound crass, probably, but, you know, you're either you're either done or you're, you're dead if you have AML like you don't live very wow. long if you're not done with AML. So um, within the first year or maybe two, you would you will know. It doesn't usually come back after the first year and a half or so. So I've been good for a while. Um, actually, February 6th was, my, was seven years from when I got diagnosed. So that's kind of the birthday I use to celebrate being cancer-free. But mm. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I also do want to say, so, you know, maybe we can do another little chat yeah, sometime. We're going to have to. Yeah, we, we got like, maybe we'll just start our podcast. That'd be yeah, fun. That'd, we'll yeah. that. <laughs> that'd be cool um, we have some things to ground to cover, but I will say if someone does happen, we can talk about this in the future, but if someone does happen to get my book and enjoy it, I've done, I'm starting to kind of do some books. I've done some book studies with it and I'm thinking about starting some where I come on for the first one and kind of tell everyone how it goes and tell my story and then let them use it as a book study. So that's something that I'm open to. If people want to reach out to me, my contact stuff's all on my website and everything. Awesome. So awesome. I'd love to be a part of that. Love it. Well, I'm definitely down for a round two uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. We'll set that up. Um, I know we've got plenty so much more that we can talk about yeah. but for real congratulations on um on your books on the new podcast that's coming out soon uh on that too if you would when it when it launches um if you'll let me mm-hmm. know i definitely i'll definitely you know support that in any way i can and share it out and stuff like that uh so just um let me know and and i'll, I'll be all over that but um yeah awesome. but congratulations on everything i'm so stoked that you're still alive and uh, and that God is so good, and uh, yeah. and that you're still here with us. And shout out to Stacy for setting up our initial contact and kind of you know putting us together to have a conversation. And it's uh, it's super cool to get to know you. I appreciate you, appreciate your time, and for real, appreciate the message of hope that you have for thank people. You. So thank you. Good. All right, thanks, Duke. Let's do it again. Yeah, please. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for joining and uh, checking out this episode. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day and uh, see you next time.